Thanks again for joining us on the Family Life Canada podcast. We want to thank our friends and our partners at Compassion Canada. You know, they've uh, put together a package we want you to know about. You know, in the summertime, there's more downtime. And, and chances are, if you've got kids or grandkids, uh, they want to watch their favorite TV shows and stream shows. And you're trying to go like, maybe that's too much of that. Hey, well, Compassion Canada has put together some great media content. And it'll help your family incorporate compassion and justice into their summer or their road trip screen time. I mean, what a great idea. So here's Compassion Canada. They're going to explain more. Media influences the way we see the world around us. It can shed light on our current cultural moment in a meaningful way. It has the power to spur us on to be people who seek justice, love, mercy, and to walk humbly with God. As your family enters this summer, there's more time to watch movies, listen to music, and read. Compassion Canada has put together a list of great content that will help you and your family meaningfully incorporate compassion and justice into your summer entertainment. There's something for everyone in the family. Compassion Canada. Child-focused, Christ-centered, championing the church. Learn more at Compassion.ca slash blog. Welcome to the Family Life Canada podcast. I'm Cheryl Josephson, and typically uh, I we host this podcast together, my husband Neil and I, but I gave him the day off. And the truth is, I really like our guest today. I have tons of questions for her, and so... Um, Neil was uninvited from today's podcast. <laughs> so we're talking today, I'm talking today to Shanti Feldhahn. And she's written a bunch, of, a bunch of books that have been super helpful to couples and parents around the world. For women only, for men only, for parents only. The Good News About Marriage, that landmark study. And most recently, Thriving in Love and Money, which is a very timely book. But what makes Shanti's books and studies and blogs so compelling is that she bases it all on on solid and top-notch research. So we're hit by a global pandemic. And sure enough, Shanti, you start a research project. Good. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, but first, but I'm curious to know what you're what you're finding out. But first of all, how are you and Jeff and the kids? Are you are you well? Oh, thanks for asking. Yes, this has been one of those weird moments uh, where even though we are facing all the normal uncertainty that everybody else is, we've lost most of our income sources, mm -hmm. um, just like tons of other people. Um, but even though we're facing this really difficult season in some ways we're actually really enjoying being stuck at home and finally having some family time because we travel so much that there's difficulties on one side and blessings on the other. And you're choosing to see the blessings. And so I'm choosing to see the blessings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's very, that's very like you. So I'm curious to know, what are you learning as you launched into this? How are people handling this crisis? Well, it's interesting. There, as you can imagine, there's generally the full gamut, um, mm -hmm. especially because there are a subset of the population for whom um, they their home life situation was not a good one. And so this has become even more difficult for them. And I always encourage people, for example, if you're in an abusive relationship, every state in the country and Canada and everywhere else has made exceptions for um, for people in domestic abuse situations to be exempted from stay at home orders. So we're, you know, those situations do exist, but we actually are finding that despite the uncertainties and the, 
kind of grit your teeth and like hold on worries that that come up that many many people are indeed finding uh the blessings in the time that we're in as weird as it is um the difficulty um of course is the uncertainty and not knowing how long this is going to last which is what leads to a need for a different type of mental approach and emotional and relational approach. Yeah, I, I've been following your Emerge Stronger series, which is fabulous, and and that's your kind of your first principle is yeah. attitude is everything. And and uh, actually, you you refer to previous crises, nothing quite like what we're going through right now, but other global crises. And I think I thought that was very helpful. You identified the people who struggle the most are those who wonder about when this will end. It's it's sort of the uncertainty yeah. of when will this be over that creates the angst for so many people. It does. Well, one of the things actually that um, that we've seen over the years is is that um, and the analogy that I used in the the first of the Emerge Stronger series articles, which I should explain. Um, for anybody who's wondering, what do you mean? Mm. <laughs> what I've basically been doing is, um, is going through the research, my own research and that of others, and identifying those things that are most crucial for us to actually not just survive this time, but to actually have it be something that we come out of this stronger and better mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and better marriages and better parents. Um, what is it that's going to that's going to allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. And this whole concept of not knowing how, when the pain is going to end is something that can really easily derail you if you're not careful. And, um, and that's one of the things that we've seen in all the survival shows, right? Like one exactly. of the things that causes people to give up and press that big tempting button <laughs> Mm -hmm. the escape the one, which we don't have in life unfortunately exactly but it causes people to what causes people to give up is not knowing when the pain is going to end and and that's one of the the concerns is that if you were you think if i just knew like somebody could just tell me you have two more weeks of this or you have you know 32 days of this like people can hold on if they know and yet we don't have that. No exactly. one can say that right now. And so instead, we have to have that attitude that says, um, I am going to sort of be, I am going to choose to be thankful and be grateful in all of this mm -hmm. in order to get through this time and enjoy the days that I'm given. Yeah, I, I observed that in your writing that um, the two kind of key elements that seem to help people change their attitude was that sense of gratitude to find something to be grateful for. And then also the determination to, to reach out and help others to, to kind of yeah. as much as you can, which is really difficult these days actually, but to move outside of your own pain and, and come alongside somebody else. Have you thought of any kind of pr practical ways or have you heard of any practical ways that people are doing that? Yeah, well, one of the most practical and most needed from a bottom line standpoint right now is the people who are the most at risk, um, mm -hmm. folks who are retired, folks who are in their 70s and 80s and 90s, are the ones who have to stay inside right now, right? Like who, who have to be more protected. Like my mom, 
My, my mom is 77. We -hmm. lost my father a few months ago to a stroke. And, um, and so she's in a retirement community where there are no visitors allowed and no one really allowed out either. And, and so, you know, they protect themselves and, and are protected, which is great. However, every food pantry in the world is run by retired people. Like the, 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 every food pantry runs on the backs of the energy and the enthusiasm and the hands and the feet of people in that age bracket. Mm-hmm. And all of those food pantries now are overwhelmed with need at the very moment that their hands and feet are having to stay home. Right. And so one of the things that is the most crucial right now is for people to offer to go be shoppers for food pantries, to go uh, work on site, uh, to be back office help, uh, because those are allowed in every in the U.S. and every state and in Canada. That is an allowed purpose in the lockdown, and it's one of the greatest ways for us just kind of getting over ourselves and Wonderful. recognizing the need. Yeah. Wonderful idea. So I, I, I love that idea. And I love the principle that added, it starts, it all starts with attitude. Let's talk specifically about marriages and families who are in this kind of unprecedented situation of being locked in together. Uh, and, and I love that. I love your focus that, you know, we, we have an opportunity here. So let's, let's not miss it. Let's not miss this opportunity. So what are some strategies for how this crisis can actually help marriages let's let's just focus on marriages for a minute marriages grow stronger well one of the greatest things that this is going to do and this is going to be actually the next article in the emerge stronger series because a lot of the research um, has been pointing to this for years is believe it or not it for most marriages even fairly troubled ones the act of being together itself provides protection Um, Because one of the greatest things that we found in our research with happy marriages is that uh, they, the common sort of correlation for all of them is that they make a point to treat each other like best friends, Mm -hmm. the happiest marriages do. Mm -hmm. And the research has actually shown that the greatest predictor of friendship isn't similar temperaments or shared activities or I mean shared um, sort of values or things that you think it is it's actually the greatest predictor of friendship is geographic proximity you're you're the greatest friends of the people you see the most often and guess what guess what (laughs) they're here 24 7 (laughs) exactly there there is a myth that absence makes the heart grow fonder it doesn't it doesn't absence Absence makes the heart absent. Ah, I'm sorry I cut you off there because that was so great. Say that again. Sure. There's a myth that absence makes the heart grow fonder, and it's not true. In general, absence just makes the heart absent. And, and this is a moment that we are crammed together, which isn't necessarily ideal because everybody needs privacy, everybody needs space, everybody needs some time for themselves. So it's not ideal. But suddenly, a lot of troubled marriages are actually discovering, oh, that's why I like you. (laughs) 
you know, mm. where this is what caused us to fall in love in the first place. You have a great sense of humor and I've been working hundred hour weeks and I haven't noticed it. The, there was a tweet that went around right after all of this started, all the shutdowns happened. And it, this was the tweet from a, a young man and it was um, day two without sports. I found a young woman sitting on our couch today. She says she's my wife. She seems nice. <laughs> yeah. I read a similar one and it said, turns out she's actually kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I agree with you. I, I think we are discovering, I mean, you can discover on, on the flip side and you're such a positive person on the flip side, though, the cracks also surface correct in times like this correct. and so this is an opportunity as well for couples to kind of lean into some of those things that that yeah. surface and say okay we've got a once in a lifetime opportunity here let's fix this it's it is so true and it is one of the reasons that i really really strongly am suggesting as many people as can to do our initiative that we call the 30 day kindness challenge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is in most cases, now this isn't all, right? There are some, and, and it's a small number, but there are some people who are just kind of jerks out there. But in most cases, we're not jerks. We're not married to a true jerk. It's just that we are stressed and we don't recognize that we're focusing on the bad things in our spouse rather than the good, for example. We don't realize that we're being unkind or harsh or cruel. And, and so it's setting something off in someone else. We just don't see these things. And so the 30-day kindness challenge is this initiative that we prove that we, that we found in one of our last research projects that it it resets your attitude, it resets what you're focusing on, and it really dramatically helps the people around you to sort of see how much you care about them. It's just a win-win all the way around. Well, and I love, actually, I've I've been doing the 30-day kindness challenge. I haven't done it every day, I'll be honest. But um, but it, there's just simple little things. And and I, I love that you, you just remind us to focus on the positive, to highlight the positive, to speak the positive. Uh, but then you also kind of mentioned different ways that, you know, let's actually talk about some things that are a challenge, but let's frame it this way instead of that way. And so it's a great, great um, project. And this, there would be no better time to do this. The one one day that Neil and I did recently was, um, you reminded us to go back and and kind of relive some moments from our life together, and it coincided with us actually packing up. We're moving, believe it or not, we are in actually moving houses in the middle oh of this. Goodness. I know. Wow. It all started before the crisis hit, but now we're kind of locked into it. So anyway, all that to say, we're we're packing up. So as we we opened these memorabilia boxes, we we actually decided to take the time to to kind of go through them and and look back at some memories. And you're right, Shanti, it reframed our thinking um, to just remember again how rich our lives have been, how how wonderful we've we've had things, and and this is just a a blip. Now, it doesn't that doesn't minimize what's happening around the world and all the grief and all the pain that so many people are experiencing. But it did remind us, Neil and I, of all that we have to treasure. And I, I loved, I loved your uh, your suggestions every day. I've got two more, two more days to wrap it up. Um, 
But I think these moments, we can take these chances to actually talk about some things and slow down enough to recall and remember. Yeah, well, if there's a reason, scientifically, there's actually a reason why um, one of the great recommendations for counselors who specialize in marriage therapy that one of the best practices that has been learned, and I can't remember what some of the numbers are, but it's a it's a pretty substantial number in terms of the success rate for this as a starting point, is that they the best practice is to help a troubled couple um, to actually remember what they loved about each other to begin with, mm-hmm. and to actually reminisce on that and remind yourselves of these things, and. The reality is, is that for many of us, and this is, this is one of the reasons, honestly, why I think the 30 day kindness challenge actually works so well from a, just statistically, why 89% of relationships, even really troubled ones dramatically improved after the 30 days, hmm. um, is because it is refocusing our, our mind and our heart on those things that are real, like they're true. It's not like we're making them up. (laughs) Those those things exist. And it's just when we're troubled, and especially in a moment like this, when there is a lot to be troubled about, and those things loom large in our eyes, it is very, very important that we sort of make other things that are just as real, that are good and positive, and true learn loom large in our eyes as well. Exactly. One of the things Neil and I have observed in our work with couples is couples in trouble typically reinvent their past. They they kind of reframe their past and, and oftentimes negatively. We were never in love. We were never happy. Uh, you never treated me well. You, right. and, and forcing yourself to look back and, and at, at pictures or relive some happy memories changes that frame of mind. The other thing that couples don't do that, that are in trouble is they, they, they have no future. They can't see the future together. Right. And I think that's the other thing that we, could, we can be doing in these days is, is kind of dreaming a little about what, what the future might look like. And, yeah. and again, back to your Emerge Stronger series, our future might actually look brighter on the other side of this as couples and as families. Yes. Well, this is one of the things that I am so passionate about. It's one of my pet peeves Um, here in the U S one of the things that everybody says on the news and it drives me nuts is that, Oh, you know, there's a 50% divorce rate and Oh, you know that right now it's just such a difficult time for marriages and we're fracturing apart. We're going to have a spike of divorces after this. And, Okay, listen, first of all, from a research perspective, none of that is true. <laughs> that, mm. Just so you know, I've studied it. It's not true. There is no such thing as a 50% divorce rate for society as a whole. I wrote a whole book on this. I know um, you did. I've read it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, one of, it's one of the things that, that is a pet peeve. And here's why it's a pet peeve. It's because it sucks the hope out. Yes. And it's a lie. It's not yes. true. Like it would be one thing if it was true and we have to sort of come to terms with reality. And instead, it it kills the hope that we need in order to move forward. And instead, we need to reframe it as yeah, this is a difficult time for some of us. Some of there are some people who are listening to this 
who are in really, really difficult seasons in their marriage. I had a, a good friend reach out to me just a few weeks before all of this went crazy, who was telling me about this difficult time where her husband was wanting to leave. And I mean, it was just a difficult season for her. And now they're together, you know, in their home. And she's worried about the fracturing, you know, she's worried about the cracks in their foundation getting worse. And I, I get that. But there is something powerful that happens when you go, A, I'm not going to give up. Like yes. if you, if you give up, I can't change you, but I can change me. And I'm not going to give up. And most people make it through this. So I can too. We mm -hmm. can too. Most people do get through these difficult seasons. So we can do it. Let's figure it out. And that's and that statistically true. <laughs> that is statistically true. Right now, and this is the US, and I looked up the numbers in Canada, and they were similar and actually, actually I think a bit better. Um, but right now in the US, for example, 71% of people are still married to their first spouse. And the 29% who aren't still married to their first spouse, that includes everyone who was married for 50 years and their spouse exactly. died. That's not, that's not even divorce. And, and so the reality is, look, yes, of course, if we have, for example, maybe a 25% divorce rate, that's still way too high. But that means the reality is that the vast majority of marriages last a lifetime. And statistically, most of them are happy most of the time. And so listen, you have a lot, if you're listening to this and you're in distress and this is a difficult time listen i get that we've been through those seasons too but the reality is you can get through this most people do mm -hmm. neil and i have as well and i i think it, we think sometimes it's the big things that are going to turn it around but uh, the kindness project highlights and all your research highlights that it's the it's the little things it's the simple things <laughs> done over time that yeah eventually turn the ship. And, and I think, again, we have this opportunity in these days to actually begin putting these principles in practice. We can't escape. We can't uh, run off to work. <laughs> uh, we, we just have our family. Let's talk, let's talk about parenting a little bit because I, we don't have kids in the home. You do. Now they're, they're older, but this is an opportunity for families in a way too, to kind of grow stronger. What are some strategies that would apply to parents in these days? Well, one of the most important things we found when we did the research of teenagers and tweens a number of years ago uh, for one of our research projects, one of our books, one of the main things that parents kind of misunderstand is they think just because these teenagers look like they're pushing away or, you know, they want to be independent, which they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do want that. They want freedom. They, we as parents assume that that means they don't want to be with us. And that's not true. Like they need and want our presence in their lives. And certainly the younger ones do. And so this is an opportunity actually for, again, geographic proximity is what creates mm -hmm. love and friendship. And so this is the moment when take the time that you haven't been able to take before to do family games. Like take the time that maybe you've been so busy and so distracted with this and that that just doesn't exist right now, where the kids' activities that are apart from the parents, 
listen, we don't have any of that right now. Exactly. My daughter's not playing out playing volleyball every night, you know, with her team. My son's not doing track right now, right? So there's some opportunities here. And that can be as little as just just sharing um, things that in a sort of a longer format than we used to allow, like, hey, could you hurry up the story? Because I got to get back to work, you know, like, no, be mm -hmm. generous and, and listen. And little things like, hey, mom, watch this YouTube video with me. Like, uh, a couple hours, I got a deadline. Like, no, like, stop. And this is a moment that enter into the things that matter to them. And then all the way to something as, I mean, find the things that'll allow you to do fun things as a family, which could be get out every day and go walking or biking. Um, we have in our little cul-de-sac in our neighborhood, um, we have three houses that are across the street from each other. And so we literally will pull out camp chairs into our driveway <laughs> and we'll sit at a social distance <laughs> yes. and we'll talk. And, and literally one of the neighbors was like, huh, why don't we do this? And they pulled out their television projector that they used, you know, project their TV on the wall. They put a sheet up on their garage and project a movie every Saturday night now. And we have the three of us families sitting 10 feet apart in their driveway at eight o'clock at night watching family movies in their so driveway. Great. Like, so when great. are we, what, like, everybody's like, why don't we do this during normal times? <laughs> this is, this and is awesome. I, hope, I hope we don't lose some of these things that are drawing yeah. us together in, in creative ways for sure. I'm curious to know as well. Um, if you're finding any uh, in your research, if if you're if people who have God in their lives, do they have a different perspective to this? Um, in general, yes, um, because one of the things that is common here is recognizing that we're not in control, mm. and we this if there's anything that this time has done for folks it is stripped away the illusion that we could control things. I mean, that is sort of a moment when a pandemic puts us all into sort of perspective. Mm -hmm. And and for us to go, you know what? It, it is just an illusion that we're in control. And so those who believe that there is a God who is in control and yes, might be allowing things. And yes, we live in a, a fallen world and a shadowed, imperfect world. And so there are things like disease. Um, but we also know that our God cares for us. That gives a sense of peace that the Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think for a good reason is because there, one of the things that has been common that I've seen in the research, and I should explain that I do a lot of random conversations with people. Like I'll turn to the person who's behind me in the line at the grocery store, six feet away, and <laughs> ask them questions um, as well. And so one of the things I've seen that is um, a differentiating factor right now is that people who believe that are much more likely to have a piece that doesn't make sense because it passes understanding because people should be freaked out right now in sort of a logical sense. And yeah. yet there's a sense that I can trust God to get me through this. 
Well, and I think in the same way that I'll, I'll say this has been true in our life, in the same way that looking back on our marriage history has been helpful for us to just kind of realize how rich, when we look back on our relationship with God and remember how he's provided for us in, in challenging times, again, not like this, nobody's seen anything like this, but, <laughs> like but the, you do. Yeah. You, you do kind of just like, oh, no, that was a really tough time. And, and God was there. God provided. God was faithful. And I think you, you kind of rehearse that again in your mind. And it and it gives you, it, it helps to lead to that peace. And, and it also gives you great hope that there, that God will walk us through this. Yeah, well, it's interesting. One of the um, examples that I have talked about in um, several of the books and some of the articles that I've been writing, I'll be talking about it in the Emerge Stronger series, is there's a, there's a principle that you see in multiple places in the Bible, and, and God tells people to do this. And it's interesting because scientists today tell people to do this. So it's, it's a, it's a good principle, which is from, from the biblical perspective, the stories that you see are that God does something miraculous in a time of difficulty. Like there was a moment where the Israelites, the ancient Israelites were finally told, okay, cross over the Jordan into the promised land. And it's like, okay, we have probably a couple million people and all of our household stuff, and there's no bridge. Hmm. Like, how do we do this? What? And the, the Jordan was in flood stage. Like, there's this weird thing, like, we're supposed to what? And God said, just do it and trust me. And the minute they stepped into the water, the water backed up and the entire nation of Israel crossed over on dry land. Okay, so there's this story in the in the Bible about how this happened. And God said, okay, I want every one of the different tribes, it was called the different groups of these Israelites, to take a stone from the middle of the river where you walked in dry land. Everybody grab a stone. And mm -hmm. there's there are 12 tribes. So grab 12 stones. And when you get on the other side, make a, a cairn, make a, a tower of those stones, pile them up. And then for the rest of your life, when your kids say, hey, dad, why is that pile of stones there? You go, that's what God did. It's to mm -hmm. remind us of this miraculous thing that he did. And it's the same thing in our marriages. It's the same thing in our remembrance of that God has provided for us miraculously in the past. He's in control he will do this again. Hmm. Good word. Good word. So I want to ask you two things before I let you go. First one is, um, would you come back and talk to us a little bit on another podcast about the Thriving in Love and Money book? Because a lot of us are going to be challenged in our financial lives if we're not already. So many people have lost jobs. So many people have yes. are struggling financially. Um, so would you be willing to come back and talk to us specifically about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. It's such an important practical topic right now. Good. And then my last question for you is just this. Um, so I'm asking you, not as a famous author and not as a world-class speaker, <laughs> I'm asking Shanti, just Shanti, okay. what's the biggest challenge you're facing in this crisis? Well, to be candid, the, the biggest challenge is the day-by-day -day 
and I'll just be really transparent. It's the day by day trusting God financially. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and many of us get this, you know, we've lost most of the sources of our income and we're trusting God to bring the provision just like everybody else is. We're public speakers. Every event is canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't we know. know when public events are going to start. And we're pivoting and we're trying to go, okay, let's uh, create a, a studio in our in our basement where we can record video and maybe create online courses instead. And going, okay, but that's going to cost money. We're going to have to trust that this is the direction to go. And there's all sorts of um, steps of faith that we feel God is asking us to take. And the amazing thing is, again, we're seeing him provide. I'll give you a very personal example, if you don't mind. I'd love it. So one of the things that has been an issue is that our daughter has asthma. Well, you know what? This is a really scary season for anybody who's the parent of a child with a pulmonary disorder. No kidding. (laughs) And the, the issue that is even more made us nervous has been that um, a number of months ago, her asthma medicine, it seemed like it was not working as well as it used to work. Now, that's a scary thing. So we arranged, this is months ago, we arranged that in April, we would do a um, go to, there's a hospital that had this sort of pulmonary function lab, and they were going to do these tests and figure out, okay, how do we solve this? Well, we are self-employed. We don't have the traditional insurance. Hmm. Um, this is a U.S. thing. <laughs> we don't have the traditional insurance. This was going to cost us $2,000. And now it's like, that is how on earth is that going to happen? And, and so I was getting fearful and worried. And when they told me how much it was going to cost, I started crying. I'm like, okay, Lord, but I feel like we need this. This is important. Hmm. And that same day that I'm sitting there listening on the phone to the $2,000 price with tears leaking out of my eyes, that same day, unbeknownst to me, uh, uh, one of my publishers, I have a series of devotionals, and the publisher discovered that um, that they had not paid me the appropriate amount of royalties last year. There was a glitch in their system. And he was driving over without me knowing it. He was driving to my house and putting a check uh-huh. in my mailbox that was enough to cover that pulmonary test and more. And Yay. I mean, that was like <laughs> right there. God just showed up and we can trust him. And if you don't know that you can, whether mm-hmm. you can trust him or not, try because he loves to show up in the lives of people who will open up to him in that way. Great story. And I'm guessing that will be a stone in your That is a stone. Altar. That is very much a stone, yes. <laughs> exactly. And you will talk Remember about this. in years to come. Remember <laughs> that day when that check came out of the blue. This just well, happened you know what? two days ago. I mean, this is it's ongoing. Yeah. Shanti, we're going to pray that um, God provides for you and Jeff and your family. Your, your ministry is so important. What you do is so important. Um, and we're going to pray for your daughter. What's her name? Morgan. Morgan. We're going to pray for Morgan. Yeah, this these are not good days or easy days for uh, people with asthma, for sure. Um, I really want to tell people to to take the 30-day kindness challenge. It's well worth the time. It doesn't take a lot of 
energy or time. You just read it. You just have to put it into play. And, and honestly, you'll see some amazing results. And, and I just want to remind our, our people uh, listening to the podcast today that this is a unique and probably, we hope, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to, to really emerge in different ways as marriages, in our marriages and our families. Let's not miss it. Let's not miss this moment. And Shanti has some great tools to help us get there. I want to just also point out that um, Family Life Canada is hosting a two-hour mini conference coming up on Saturday, May the 2nd. Neil and I will be teaching and we'll guide couples into some conversations, maybe some things that they should be talking about, but don't know how to bring up. So that's going to be happening on May the 2nd. We'll do some Q&A, but it's all focused on how we can use this crisis to strengthen our relationships in every way. So you can get information about that. You can get links to Shanti's books. You can sign up for the Emerge Stronger series and the 30-day kindness challenge, and as well as some notes on our conversation today. All of that is at Family Life Canada. Dot live. Shanti, I am ever so grateful to talk to you. I always learn something when I have a chance to talk to you. You're so kind. Thanks so much for having me on. We'll talk again soon. All right. Take care. Take care. And thanks everyone for joining us. We're praying for you for the marriages and the families in this country, and we'll talk to you next time.